Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Is this thing on? We're back. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 20th, 2017. My name, of course, is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com, and it has been a while. I'm sorry I left you guys in the lurch there uh, at the end of the week, Thursday and Friday. We did not have episodes. I was out of town, unable to record. I'll share some of my thoughts from from my trip, uh, as I do think that they have some relevance to the Orlando Magic as they come home from their West Coast trip with at least one win, two disappointing losses, one embarrassing loss, uh, there's only three games, so the, so one and two on the trip, uh, and they'll take on the suddenly surging Philadelphia 76ers on Monday at the Amway Center. I'll have a complete preview of that game. I do also want to share some thoughts on the team's culture and, and where they're at now that we're entering the home stretch of the season. I think we're at, uh, I don't know how many games left. I don't have my schedule with me, but we are, we are quickly approaching the very end of the schedule. I think there's only 12 games left this season, so not a lot of time for the Magic to do the things they want to do the things they want to do. Uh, but I first do want to talk about what I learned on my trip to the NCAA tournament. Uh, I'll share a personal story from the weekend. But before we get going, I do have to throw some love to our good pals over at SeatGeek. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to, and none of those older site, older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. SeatGeek is always the first place I go to to look for tickets to a game or concert. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and I've used it several times. I was actually using it on my, and as some of you may know, and I'll talk about in a little bit, I was in Salt Lake City for the NCAA tournament to watch my Northwestern Wildcats defeat Vanderbilt and uh, get hosed against Gonzaga. We were literally, I mean, I only expected to play the one game. I mean, we're, we're the eight seed first time there. Vanderbilt's a good, Vanderbilt was a good team. Uh, didn't know if we were going to be playing Saturday. Didn't know what I was going to be doing over the weekend. And so I bought such tickets to session one and that was it. They win Thursday. We're all excited. What are we doing? All of my friends were all on the Seeky Gap trying to make sure we get tickets to session three. We're able to secure our tickets virtually in the same spot too. I think we only moved back one row in the upper bowl. We got we were in in the game on Saturday to see Northwestern take on Gonzaga, and it was as easy as that. Everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work, and you save time and money. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. And this next part's important because while the NCAA tournament's done, there are still big events coming to Orlando in the next few weeks. We got three Magic home games this week. Philadelphia tonight on Monday. Oklahoma City, Russell Westbrook and Victor Oladipo back in the Amway Center 
for the for the first and only time this year on Wednesday, uh, and then Detroit and Stan Van Gundy on I believe it's Detroit on Friday. So three home games this week, a big opportunity to catch the Magic as they're only I think uh, there's only. Not many Magic home games left. I think there's seven home games left, so there will only be four after this week. Not only that, WrestleMania is a week from Sunday. I know that's not an event for everybody, but if you're interested in going, SeatGeek is probably the only way you're going to get into the capital, into Camping World Stadium to see one of the biggest sports entertainment events of the year. So here's what you have to do. My listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. What you have to do to get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter the promo code LOMAGIC. That's LOMAGIC. And SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOMAGIC today. I'm going to invert the usual order we do for games. I usually start off by previewing the game. Uh, I'll do a quick recap of the weekend uh, toward the end of the show, but I, I and I'm sure I'll hit on the Golden State and Phoenix games as well uh, in our second segment. Uh, but I do want to start with some thoughts that I had uh, while I was in Salt Lake City watching uh, watching my alma mater play their first NCAA tournament game, because I do think there are some thoughts that are relevant to the Magic um, and thoughts that that I felt worth sharing, especially kind of in the wake of of how the season is going. There's no doubt this season's been a, a complete disaster. One of the big disasters in Magic history. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm sure I will comment more on this a- after the season's over and we get some time to reflect on, on the season in whole. But this season ranks right up there with 2004 and, and 2012 as the most disappointing seasons in Magic history. Uh, I don't think there's any way around it. Those three seasons came, had high expectations. In 2004, the bottom completely fell out. Not so much in 2012, but those seasons just felt like major, major disappointments. And this season is going to go into that group of of years where the Magic just underperformed. And especially this year in the context of everything that's been built up for the last four years. The Magic said they were going to go through a rebuilding phase. And fans were patient. They've been pretty patient. And it's been slow going. The draft picks haven't gone their way. Uh, the the breaks haven't gone their way. They've they've made some bad they've made bad trades. They've made some some miscalculations with free agency, and certainly this year they made some miscalculations with what they decided to emphasize with the roster and how they decided to put the roster together. It all at the end of the day, results are all that matters. And there is rightfully a lot of anger among the Magic fan base today. I hear it. I see it. I in some senses I feel it. That the frustration of the season, and I'm sure the players feel a lot of this anger too, that they this is a season everyone thought the Magic would take the next step, and they didn't. And with everything that's been built up before it, not having a clear path forward for the team has everyone a little anxious. It's making these games feel a little... I mean... Besides the fact that, that that they're not consequential in the long run of the season, these games are making everyone feel a little bit like, what do we have right now? What is this team's future? And and the draft lottery is going to clear clear a lot of that up. I know a lot of people watch the NCAA tournament, but I am here to tell you that, and I'm not here to tell you how to spend your money. I'm not here to tell you you know go buy tickets, support this team, yada yada yada. 
I'm here to tell you that as a fan, going through these pains is going to make success sweeter. Because I felt it this weekend in Salt Lake City. As I'm sure I mentioned this already on the podcast, but I'm sure some of you know, I'm a Northwestern alumnus. Uh, I, you know, I went to I went to Northwestern University. I, I covered the basketball team for the Daily Northwestern. Uh, my sophomore year in 2008, they won one Big Ten game that year. And Northwestern, as as many of you probably know, have been something of a laughing stock, uh, especially in the Big Ten team. I mean, I've I've joked with other Big Ten players on the Magic. I, I try I trash talked with Etwan Moore. I trash talked with Victor Oladipo about it. Trash talked with Devin Marble. They, I mean, no offense to those guys. I don't blame them. Northwestern was not on their radar. They were trying to win Big Ten championships. Northwestern was scratching and clawing to make the NIT. They made the NIT uh, my senior year and started to run a three straight years in the NIT, um, which was a big deal for Northwestern, but obviously is it, it, small potatoes compared to what we experienced this weekend. For the first time in school history, in the 78 years of the NCAA tournament, Northwestern made the field of 68. It was the first time ever. They were the only major conference team that had not yet made the big dance. And I can tell you as someone who at least was tangentially associated with the program, and I, I get it, I'm a, I'm a reporter, uh, but you know I am also a, an alumnus and, and, and a fan of that team. And, and there's def- definitely a different relationship to a college team as, as opposed to a pro team. But I had suffered through a lot of those losses with that team. I'd suffered through a lot of those losses with that program, as many fans have. And when when they finally called Northwestern's name at the very end of the bracket of the tournament selection show, it was you, you could see it if you watched the the video of the of the of the of the watch party. It was euphoria. And you know, I had long resolved that I was going to go to wherever Northwestern was for that first NCAA tournament game, and it, it happened to work out this this year that I was able to go. What I did not expect was the, the the outpouring of support from the Northwestern community. Northwestern is a school of 8,000 students. We took over, and obviously there's alumni involved here too, but we took over Salt Lake City. We were the home team of that pod. Even though we had to probably travel, Vanderbilt probably traveled a further distance, but we, we traveled one of the furthest distances of any team in that in that region in Salt Lake City. And it it was a home game. Gonzaga was saying we are preparing for a road atmosphere at Vivant Smart Home Arena on Saturday. And and when Northwestern was making their comeback, it felt like a home game and everyone was pulling for Northwestern. The results of the weekend didn't matter. It was it was incredible to win a game. And 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 I know there's gonna be a few people pointing out, oh, they they won because Vanderbilt made a mistake. Yeah, they won because Vanderbilt made a mistake. But they won the game. Survive in advance. But all I can say is that moment, just just even seeing the team walk onto the court. Like I, I went to the open practice on on Wednesday and took a photo of the team practicing on the court and shared it with a with a group of Northwestern fans that that I'm gonna I'm on an email thread with and and it it got to people that like you know holy we're here like we made it and to see all the alumni and not just the alumni like basketball alumni like showed up in droves 
I mean, I'm not going to bore you with Northwestern basketball history, but, you know, Evan Eschmeyer, who played in the NBA, was there. Billy McKinney, who played in the NBA, longtime NBA exec, was there. I saw Daryl Morey there. I know a whole bunch of other Northwestern-related NBA personnel were there as well because this was an accomplishment of the entire program. And so why, why am I telling you this story? Why am, I, why am I saying all this? Because Northwestern accomplished something even by showing up Thursday that no one before them had ever accomplished before. And I can tell you being there that all the pain that this program has been through, all the pain that all the fans have been through, made that success sweeter. We lived through all of it to get to this point of just complete and total euphoria. And I get it. A college team is different than a pro team. College teams will exist in perpetuity almost. A pro team does have a deadline. There are bigger business concerns with a pro team than there are with a college team. And the Magic taking five years just to sniff the playoffs is asking a lot of a fan base who's committing money, real money, to go to these games. And the Magic do have to fix that. But I'm saying to you, and Magic fans certainly know this because I think 2009 in some ways was more special than 95. 95 was like a first love for the Magic when, when they made the finals. It was, it was special. I'm not going to deny it. I'm, I, I'm not going to say it wasn't special. But it was so new that you didn't get the chance to appreciate the extreme, not extreme rarity, but the, the, the gravity of that accomplishment. Going from 97 to 2008 without, making, without winning a playoff series, I'll admit... When the Magic beat the Raptors in Game 5 of the 2008 playoffs, it, it, it got me emotional. Because that team accomplished something that the Magic had been struggling to do for such a long time. And it made that moment so great. In the same way that beating the Cavs in Game 6 of 09 and getting back to the finals made that... It, it, there's so much appreciation for how much work it took to get that franchise back to that point. And, and to me, 2009, I mean, some of it might be memory. I was really young for 95, but 2009 felt so meaningful to this organization, to the city, to the fans that stuck through this team. And so I think we can all relate to that. I think we can all relate to the feeling that, that we as Northwestern fans had this weekend. Because when the Magic had good, and it's when, it's not if, it's when. When the Magic are good again, when the Magic make the playoffs, when the Magic win that first playoff game, when the Magic advance to the second round, when the Magic return to the NBA Finals, and yes, when the Magic one day win a championship, 2030 or not, I don't care. When all that happens, all the suffering we've been through, will make that success sweeter. It's part of, you know, what we have to go through. And sure, not every fan base has to go through it. Lakers fans have been 
incredibly blessed. But that advantage is going away, it seems. The Celtics have been incredibly blessed with smart ownership and smart leadership, but they've had their down times too. And they had to come to appreciate the work and effort it takes to be at the top once again. And sometimes we need to be reminded of that. And yeah, it's not just going to magically happen. The Magic aren't going to tomorrow reap the rewards because it's, it's quote-unquote their turn. It takes work. It takes smart. It takes some smart moves. It takes shrewdness. And the Magic haven't been able to put all the pieces together for the last five years. But have faith that it will happen. Have faith that even though it seems like there is no path forward, they'll find a way to move forward and put themselves in position to win again. Whether it's next year, the year after, or whenever. And if you hop off the bandwagon for a little while, that's okay. It's money, I get it. It's money, it's time, it's attention, it's emotion, I get it. But know that, in my opinion, sticking through the bad times makes the good times all the better. And that that's the big thing that I learned this weekend that, that I wanted to share with all of you. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. Let's dive in then to, uh, to kind of where the Magic are at as they end the season. Uh, it's been obviously a, a weird end of the season. I know a lot of fans are kind of ready for the team to, to quote-unquote tank and, and go, for the, go, for the, go for a high lottery pick. And Friday's game pretty much clinches the Magic into the fourth slot in the lottery, I think. I mean, possibly fifth if they if they can catch Philadelphia in tonight's game. We'll go a little ways toward that. Uh, but it, the Magic are kind of where they're at, and, and I think that even looking at the standings, and maybe I'll make this argument uh, more formally in a post, even getting to that, you know, they're going to have uh, a... Uh, um, shoot. Uh, they're they're going to have... You know some some moments where they look really bad, and some moments where they're going to look really good, and it's probably, it may not matter much in the standings. I mean, I think I think the Magic are kind of where they're they're going to be, and that's that's fourth in the lottery, um, which gives them a good chance of getting into the top three. I mean, that's I, I think there's a good chance there's still a chance for them to move up, uh, but it, it's you know they're kind of stuck where they are, and so I, I, I you know I know people criticize this, I do think the Magic should be trying to win basketball games. I think there is benefit for winning, and I don't think they're... I'm never going to complain about a win. I don't think anyone should. I, I get the, the reasoning for tanking, but the odds are the Magic aren't catching Phoenix, they aren't catching the Lakers, and they certainly aren't catching the Nets, or at least loss-wise. Win-wise, could they catch Philadelphia? Yeah, they probably could. And would it be the worst thing in the world? Probably not. I think this draft is, is relatively deep. I think there's a clear one and two. There's a probably a clear three. Um, four, five, six, seven 
and maybe eight are really about the same ability-wise. So you're going to get a decent player. And again, I, I, I'm i a little bit lower on this draft than, than a lot of other people are. So where are the Magic at in, build, in building a culture? And I think culture is, is as much about winning games as it is playing the right way and playing consistently every game. The Magic, as I've told people who say, why are the Magic still trying to go get wins? I'm like, well... You have to try and get wins when you can. I think it does no one any good to lose a double-digit lead at home. I think that doesn't do anyone any good. What is good, this team is probably not good enough talent-wise to win the majority of their games, even if they if the other team plays well and if they play well, they're probably not good enough to win those games. What you want is play consistently. Play at, at an effort level that's consistent. Play at an ability that is consistent and, and, and a style that you can carry on and learn from into next season. So, I, I mean, at least so management knows what they need to change and, and how they need to change it. And this is where the Magic are struggling the most this year. The Magic right now are struggling to get themselves at that consistent level. You take a look at this road trip in total, and I'll review the road trip here. Monday at Sacramento, the Magic played okay. You know, they they certainly looked like they were the better team in, in a lot of ways, but they never got things together. They lost that game because of uh, not paying attention to the game plan, not making those second efforts that a team needs to make, uh, and kind of letting go of the rope, especially defensively. They lost 120-115 to 115 to the Kings. They gave up a bunch of three-pointers to Anthony Tolliver. They were able to keep pace. They were able to, to keep the pace going in their direction and, and, and get back in the game. They trailed by 10 in the fourth quarter, made a comeback, had every chance to win the game, and then just kind of dropped the rope. It's not that that loss is unacceptable. There have been unacceptable losses, and, and there was one on, uh, not an unacceptable loss on Thursday, but an unacceptable effort. Magic played with effort. They were just sloppy. And they beat themselves, and no offense to the Kings, Magic beat themselves that game more than the Kings beat them. That's not the kind of loss the Magic want the rest of the way. And certainly Thursday was not the kind of effort the Magic want the rest of the way. Magic getting blown out by 30 points to Golden State Warriors, giving up 21 points to Klay Thompson in the first quarter, 17 to Stephen Curry in the third quarter. That's not what the Magic want either. And the Magic, you could tell from every comment they made, were extremely disappointed with the way they played that game and the way that that they carried their effort carried their effort into that game. They had two days to prepare for the Warriors, a team that everyone should be up for at all times because they're the best team in the league, and they weren't ready. They got their butts beaten. 36 points was the largest lead, 30-point loss, 7th 30-point loss of the season, which again, I think uh, which I think says something about the team as well. That's, that's a little bit deeper than the main. It's just a very cultural, deep in the culture, I think. And that's what the Magic are trying to change. They can't have efforts like they had Thursday night against Golden State. And it was good to see them bounce back against Phoenix, a 109-103 victory over the Suns. They finished the game. They made plays down the stretch. They had a big lead. They lost it, but they didn't lose their composure. They kept at it. They won the game. 
They beat a team that they should beat. And some of you might say, yeah, yeah, they beat them narrowly. And some might also say, yeah, but they ruined their chances of getting the third pick. But none of that's important. The players on this team don't care about lottery positioning. They care about winning games. And I think they should care about winning games. I don't want a player on my team that doesn't care about winning games, even in this situation. So, what do we take away from this road trip? Because Frank Vogel said at the beginning of the road trip, this is a good test of our culture. This is a good test for us to continue building our winning habits. And I think Vogel said it best after the game against the Warriors. That the Magic are still far away. They've still got a lot of work to do to finish the season the way they want to finish the season. And there is not a lot of time left. There's obviously only 12 games left to get the most out of this, to get the most out of this team and the most out of the remaining games. And obviously, there is a limited amount that the Magic can do in some ways. Because, I mean, obviously, they're not going to make a huge push for the playoffs. They're almost eliminated from the playoffs. They're, not math- they're mathematically still in it, but they're almost eliminated. This is really about personal pride, and this is still really about what do you want this team to be next year? What seeds are you going to lay for next season? It's clear the Magic, no matter what direction they go with their with their general manager, and they could keep Rob Hennigan, they could fire him, they could bring in someone new, they could do whatever. And, and I'll address the, the other big rumor on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, so stay tuned for that tomorrow. The Magic have to build their base for, for next year because they're still planning on making a playoff push next year. People may not like that, but I think the and certainly people who engage with me are probably a little bit smarter of a fan. No offense, no offense to someone who's new to the new to the show. I'm not insulting you, but you know there is a current on Twitter that says media mediocrity is the worst thing in the world. You don't want to be stuck in the NBA's middle class, tank or win a championship, one or the other, nowhere in between. I, I think there is an in between. Uh, the Magic want to be in that in-between right now because it's been so long and the casual fan just wants to go see a winning product. And after five years of, uh, really three years of losing, one year of some progress, and then a, a year of taking a huge step back, the casual fan just wants to win basketball games right now. And so the Magic are kind of navigating both worlds. They're trying to develop their young players a little bit more. Mario Zonia is going to keep getting playing time. Don't worry about it. Uh, but they also want to see a team that they can believe in and have hope that that has some growth potential in the future. Right now, this season, the Magic have not shown that. And that's why it's so important to build this culture now. That's why it's so important to start laying these seeds now because it's it's all about next year. And a rookie's going to help. And they need the influx of talent. If they get the number one pick, everyone's going to be excited again and, and give the team a little bit more time to develop him. But they still need to do something this year to to provide the culture and the base to accept that rookie and, and, and indoctrinate him in some ways in a positive manner. Doing positive things, doing good things for the team and for the group. And so this road trip was discouraging in that the Magic 
dropped a game they should have won, no showed a game that they should compete in. And compete doesn't necessarily mean win. Compete doesn't necessarily mean keep close, but play with some effort. The Warriors just toyed with them that game. And then came back and responded with a, a solid, if not spectacular, win. Magic have a chance to, to, to continue building on that tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers. Chance to get back-to-back wins for the first time since Christmas. And that stat's not insignificant either. Magic need to correct that stat, and they need to do it tonight. Because the Philadelphia 76ers are actually playing some pretty good basketball. They, they've won two in a row. They beat the Boston Celtics on Sunday. Dario Saric has kind of staked his claim to the Rookie of the Year uh, award. Uh, the team is... They, the Sixers always play well. They always play energetically. Um, they're a better team than they were last year, obviously, uh, even without Embiid. Um, they may not have Jaleel Okafor uh, on Monday for Monday's game, but they're still a team to be wary of. They're still a team to be cautious about. Um, they're still a team that you're going to have to play. I mean, the Magic can't sleepwalk their way through this game. Um, Philadelphia and Orlando are kind of neck and neck in the fourth and fifth spot in the lottery. I think Philadelphia's got a game-and-a-half lead, uh, but... None of that matters. I mean, I don't think any, the teams are thinking about the standings like that. I think the Magic know they've got they've got to play well to beat a good Philadelphia team. I think the Magic know they've got to uh, be pay attention to detail and do the right things if they're going to win this game. Luckily for the Magic, they are getting some good news. It appears they'll have Jody Meeks back for Monday's game. Um, got I mean, I, I think the Magic have desperately missed him. He's such a good shooter. Forces teams to, especially for that bench unit, forces teams to gravitate to him, uh, pay attention to his shooting, and so that'll give room for other guys to create, whether it's DJ Augustin, whether it's Jeff Green, whether it's even Mario Zonia letting him go off the bounce a little bit more. Um, that's going to be absolutely huge for the Magic uh, to have Meeks back in the lineup. Uh, just just his presence helps alone. He doesn't even necessarily have to shoot, but he shot the ball incredibly well. Uh, I think that uh, it's a gr- it, it is a good thing to have him back. I think he'll I think he'll move C.J. Watson's minutes, not Mario Zonia's. I think Zonia's minutes stay the same. I think Meeks comes in uh, for Watson a little bit more. You'll see him maybe play with the starters a little bit. Although I think a lot of us would rather see Zonia play with the starters a little bit more, where Zonia has been a little bit more successful this year. Uh, it's been it's going to be a, a good thing to have him back, and I think that the Magic are going to need some some fre- that fresh legs and, and some fresh. Uh, work with that bench especially because uh, that's been the big, Magic's biggest weakness since the trade deadline is their bench just their bench unit just doesn't work. Um, their starting unit works really, really well. Their bench unit does not work at all, and that's that's a huge issue uh, for the team. Uh, so tonight, 7 o'clock at the Amway Center, the Magic taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. Should be a sneaky, interesting game or should be a, oh my God, why am I watching this game? Especially with, with Thunder Warriors on. Um, but, you know, Feel free to tune in, Fox Sports Florida, uh, of course, over at the Amway Center, Magic Sixers at seven o'clock. Uh, I have to go. I have to get ready for. I, I have to get ready for shoot around uh, and uh, get you the latest on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Magic. Uh, want to thank you all for your patience with me as I took the week took the weekend off a little bit. Um, you know, I still got some stuff up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Be sure to check that out. We'll be back in full for, uh, in full force. Today on Monday, as the Magic are back home for a three-game homestand starting Monday against the Philadelphia 76ers. That was really, really repetitive. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm, I'm getting back into the swing of things here. 
for, you know, of course, you can always contact the show at Locked On Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily and be sure to check us out on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can like us on Facebook at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Not OrlandoMagicDaily.com, but you can like us on Facebook at OrlandoMagicDaily. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I will see you all again tomorrow with a complete recap of Monday's game on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.